0: Blob Talk Radio Well, bless the Lord everybody, bless the Lord You are now live with the word on Wednesday I am Pastor Winston Burns And we are delighted to have you out here tonight we are going to get started right away as soon as I turn this microphone on like I'm supposed to. Boy, they give me more things to do that's technical than a little bit, and i do a lousy job at technical stuff, as you can probably imagine. In any event, tonight we are in Chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, and we are steadily making our way, and for We do anything else. Let's just stop, have a word of prayer, and then we'll jump right into our lesson. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We thank you for the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. God, today we thank you for the fight. We thank you, God, because you encourage us to fight the good fight of faith. Fight for our faith. And, Father, today we can honestly say that we understand fighting a little bit better. You know, I've learned, Father, through you that anything worth having and keeping is worth fighting for. And that there's always somebody that's going to come along and try to take from you what you give. And faith is something that you impart to us. And the devil is always trying to shake it, to take it, to do something with us, to break up our relationship. And I thank you, Father, that you are faithful to us, to inspire us, to keep holding on. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in teaching us uh, this book, this letter, sharing your heart with us through First Corinthians. We bless you for that. Now, God, as you've been faithful all along, we ask that you would continue to be with us, that you would continue to lead us and guide us and teach us, that you show us what you want us to know, and then more than just knowing, show us how to execute it. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, now tonight, as we get into chapter 14, it's important that we, you realize that we've been going through a, an argument concerning spiritual gifts that, that started over in Chapter 12. And last week we worked through Chapter 13, and the thing that we learned in Chapter 13 is that if you are not operating in love, the operation of your gift is unfruitful. And we looked at we, we looked at the, that the, the gifts of prophecy and um, all all of the gifts that that, that Paul enumerates in uh, chapter twelve and in chapter thirteen he reminds us that these gifts are for right now, but they'll pass away. That these gifts are for the now. But in the future, when Jesus comes, prophecy ceases. Tongues cease. All of these gifts that were given to build up the body of Christ, to bring 1 Corinthians chapter 14. and We're going to start right there because there's some, there's some real key things that he says. I, I actually, yeah, I'll start at 14. He says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may, may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue Speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I want to stop right there. Now, first of all, do you see the issue that Paul is dealing with here with the church at Corinth? I told you last time that tongues to them were a symbol or an indication of how spiritual you were, and the more you spoke in tongues, the more spiritual. Spiritual, they do you. But Paul is breaking that down. And notice what he writes here? He, he, he specifically zeroes in on tongues. But now, don't get the impression that in him zeroing in on tongues, that Paul is anti-tongue. He is not, as we'll, as we'll see later in this chapter. But instead, what he's trying to do is he's trying to he's making a case that tongues are not the most important gift, and tongues are not the symbol that or, or the or the gift that you should zero in on if you if, if you want to see how spiritual a person is. That's all he's saying, and I know that some of my Pentecostal brothers and sisters might might be saying right now, well, now, you know, you're really dogging tongues because you, you, you know you ain't nothing but old Baptist. The truth is, I'm not doing that at all. All I'm doing is exposing to you what Scripture teaches. That's it. That is all. Tongues are a necessary gift given by God to the body of Christ. But it's the abuse of tongues, in this case, especially in the congregation, doing congregational worship, that Paul is attacking right now. And what we're going to learn is we'll see his reason for saying what he says. Okay, we'll see his reasoning here. But in order to get to it, I want to do some defining some words here, and I want to I want to show you. Uh, I really want to take some time to. So tonight we'll probably only get to the first half of this chapter, so be prepared for that. But what I want you to see is the first thing he he tells us to do is he tells us to pursue love. And remember, now we just came out of 13, and he told us what love was. What does it say? Patient, kind, does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude, does not insist on his own way, is not irritable or resentful doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is being committed to serve one another. That's what what love is. Love takes you into the position of a servant. Love makes you lift your brother up. And respect your brother and serve your brother and reckon that your brother's and your brother and his needs are more important than yours. Love is God on display. Love was exhibited by Jesus giving himself up for our sins and dying on the cross. That's love. And so what Paul is encouraging them to do is Paul is encouraging each of them to show that same kind of love, not this, this love that says I'm better than you, not this love that says you need to serve me, not this love that says I'm more spiritual than you, no, this love that says I'm more concerned about you and the things that you need and what you are going Of love that he's trying—that that's the kind of behavior that he's trying to draw out of the Corinthian church through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that some of you out here tonight are saying, "I don't know if I could do that." No, you can't. You can't. But God can, and with God, all things are possible. You see, so when you—that's why the Bible teaches us to submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He also says, humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. One of the problems that we have in the church today is self-exaltation. We're trying to all get to the front. We're trying to all be the best. We're trying to all, you know, get in the spotlight, and God says, no, mm -mm, that's not what I told you to do. And so it's really important, it's, it's extremely important that we begin to operate in love. And so what Paul says is pursue love. If you want to chase after something, chase after love. He says, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Yes, we should desire the spiritual gifts. This is what God has given us, because, and they have a purpose. We should desire to have what the body needs. God gives each of us a gift, and some of us give several gifts. And the gifts, as we discussed in chapter 12, are not for you, but they're for the building up of the church. Yeah, that's what they're for. And so if you've got a gift, and again, I go back to chapter 12, and I told you in chapter 12, That list that he has is not exhaustive. That's not all of the gifts that God gives to the body. You know your gift whether you acknowledge it or not, and you need to operate by the power of the Spirit in the area that he has gifted you in because when you don't operate in your gifting, the body hurts. Anyway. He says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, I want to tell you what this word "prophesy" means in this context. Prophecy means that you are uh, that God has gifted you to speak forth in the, in divinely empowered foretelling or foretelling telling reveals the mind of God in a particular situation. So, oftentimes on Sunday morning, what the pastor of your church or what the preacher who is assigned to bring the message is doing is he is forthtelling the Word of God. He is revealing the mind of God through the Word of God. That's forth. Foretelling is predicting the future as in, as the Lord has revealed it. So it is divine revelation of future events. Divine revelation of future events. So when we look at where we look at this word prophecy, where Paul says especially that you may prophesy. What he's saying is that he wants us to be able to speak forth the word of God in a divine manner. Amen? So now, that's what, So as he used this word, as he uses this word prophesy, that's what he is saying. So everybody, so we're all on the same page. Now, in verse, um, this: For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the one hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Shorthand for that. When you are speaking in your prayer language, when you are speaking to God in the unknown tongue, the utterance that the Spirit gives you, the uh, the spiritual language that comes from you. That's what speaking in tongues is, the spiritual language that comes from you. Your language is directed by God. You have a private conversation and when you are having this private conversation in a public setting, nobody knows what you're talking about. You're talking to God. you ain't talking to us. That is a private conversation. Ain't got nothing to do with me? No. And so, and so it does not edify me. I don't know what you're talking about. And now you let 100 or 200 people, or in this case, as many as 50, because that's about the size of that church, the, the um the house churches back in those days, um, you got 50 people all speaking in an unknown tongue. Nobody know what nobody's saying, and no one except that individual who is engaged with God in that setting is being edified. That's, how, that's, that's what this passage is all about. If you notice, you'll keep hearing the word build, 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 build as we go through the rest of these scriptures. Well, what Paul is saying is that when we come together to worship, what we're coming together to do is we're coming together to build one another, to build the body. And here's how, and then he goes on to say, I'm at verse four, or verse three. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. That's verse three. What's what's happening here? Upbuilding. The word that your Bible might use is edification. Okay. What does it mean upbuilding? It is constructive instruction and or criticism that builds a person up to be the suitable To become even more holy. Now, what's the and he says what's the second word that he used? He says prophecy not only um, upbuilds, but it encourages. It encourages prophecy upbuilds. Prophecy encourages, or in certain Bibles it says exhortation. So. And that is a holy urging that motivates and inspires believers to carry on and carry out God's plan. So again, so first of all, what is what does it do? It upbuilds by constructing by by putting more bricks in the building that helps you to the the suitable dwelling place of God and it encourages you A hand on you in some kind of way and just tell you, baby, you're going to make it. It's all right. I don't know how many times the mothers used to walk up to me and just rub me on my back and say, baby, you're going to make it. Mama praying for you. That was a word of consolation that I needed that came directly from the word. Directly from the word, directly from God himself. And it, again, he wills that all would prophesy. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be a pulpit preacher or anything like that. No, 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 no. But, we're all, but we all can upbuild, we all can encourage through the word, and we all can bring consolation through the word. Amen? So, it, as opposed to speaking in the unknown tongue. In the con- within the congregation. Because, again, that's a private conversation. That's you building you. That's not you building your brother. Amen? So let me go to verse 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Remember what I said at the beginning of the lesson tonight? I said Paul never said, He never says that we shouldn't speak in tongues. Here it is right here, verse 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more, to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, look at this, so that the church may be built up. Again, we're not talking about a hierarchy of somebody being, when he says, greater than the one that speaks in tongues. When you read that, what you need to read there is the person who prophesies, who is bringing forth a word that builds, a word that encourages, a word that consoles, is more effective with a congregation of believers than the one who is having a private conversation with God that no one understands. And these next verses will bring that out a little bit more. It says, now, brothers, if I come to you, and I'm at verse 6, by the way. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, How will anyone know what is played? And if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves. If with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So, with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Now, what he just says here is what I already said. And we'll see what, what kind of Another time. Um, what he's saying here is what I always just said. If I don't know what you're talking about, then it's a foreign language to me. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm speaking in tongues, it's a foreign language to you. There is no profit in it for anybody except for yourself. And again, don't get hung up in this battle of tones and non-tone speaking and all that kind of stuff. No, because what is it? he's giving you? He gives you another command here. He says, strive to excel in building up the church. Use the gifts that God has given you in such a way that you build up." the church. How do you do that? Well go back to verse one. Pursue love. And eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Not not to not to get them so you could be the big dude, but to give them, to get them so you can serve and serve in such a way that you build up the church. And so that's what he's saying here. He says, number one, you the gifts that you're given You operate in love. The purpose of your gift is to build up the church. That's our teaching for tonight. Um, if you have any questions, then you can put them on the screen right now. And I'll do my best to see them because I'm, you know, I'm I just have to lean all the way forward the way this setup is. I can't see it I couldn't see before now I really can't see. Now I really can't see. But just put them on put them on the screen. And for those on Block Talk Radio, you can call me at 929-477-2304. 929-477-2304. Um, and for those of you who missed part of the show, um, over the next couple of First of all, it'll come up again on Facebook. desiring to speak to us, and that not only are you desiring to speak to us, but you give us servants who are gifted to speak to us individually and collectively. We thank you for the gift of Christ. We thank you for that gift that encourages. consoles us, that builds us up. We thank you. Even more than that, we thank you for the gift of tongues, a special prayer language that you give to us whereby we can communicate with you and be with us. We thank you for those gifts. Father, we would pray today that we would not abuse or misuse anything that you've given to us, but that every gift that you have given us to serve the body as well as serve ourselves would be employed decently and in order. That even in the bless you, O God, and we praise you for understanding. Now, if I let your word spread, and let your word come to pass as only you can make it come to pass, that it might glorify you and edify you at church. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Any questions? questions out there. So with that said, uh, I bless God for you tonight. Uh, We'll finish chapter 14 next week. Do you realize that we're actually coming to the end? Uh, We we only got to make it to chapter 16, and we will end this crisis in Corinth. I don't know where we're going. I think we're going to keep pushing to 2 Corinthians. I don't know yet. That's that's the indication. the early indications that I have right now. And so we'll probably be in 2 Corinthians for the duration of the summer. I don't know. I do not know. God ain't said nothing to me, pro or con yet, so I don't know. But I thank you for studying with us every Wednesday night. I also uh, want to let you know that, you know what, this is a privilege for me, and this is an opportunity for me because it gives me not only the opportunity to Teach this word, but in preparing to teach, I get a chance to study. And there's so much so much that I get out of this just by preparing to be with you every week. And so I want to thank you for the opportunity to prepare for you. Because like any good cook, I'd be dipping my, my spoon in the pot and tasting all week long all of this stuff that God is going to feed you. So I thank God. Hey, you have a wonderful evening. I will see you next week when we go live again with the Word on Wednesday. God bless you.